Okay, college baseball fans, welcome to conference tournament week for most conferences across the country here. And uh, be honest with you, stayed up until about 3 a.m. watching Southern Miss and Western Kentucky play. Dimitri's on the Italian coastline, six hours ahead of us, so he didn't have quite the trouble I did staying up. But man, what a what a fun last couple of days it's been. SEC tournament has been electric. ACC tournament structure is pathetic still, and we'll talk about that. We have Conference USA, a lot of back and forth games there. And then, I mean, Dimitri, actually, before we talk about any of that, I want to talk about the most viral video going around right now, and it was Cole Moore of Dallas Baptist. And every time I watch the video, it, it cracks me up uh, even more. It gets funnier the more I watch it. And just describing it for the listeners who haven't seen it, Dallas Baptist's first baseman, Cole Moore, full sent it over the fence, like laid out, jumped over the fence to try to catch a foul ball, missed it by four feet, but the effort was there. And I mean, it looks like something out of a video game. Like you press the wrong button and you just dive when you're trying to jump. <laughs> Dude, I have one question. Okay. And I thought I knew the answer, but I don't know if I know the answer. If let's just say you would have caught that ball, that wouldn't have been a legal catch, would it? No, it would have. Because if you would have caught it before touching the ground in foul territory, it would have been a legal catch. Like once you, if you leave the field of play, as long as you don't touch anything else before you catch the ball, it's an out. Okay, because sometimes I've heard like you have to have, like you have either have to have one foot in play. Sometimes I've heard like you have to start catching the ball while in the field of play, which basically means a part of your body has to be inside the fence. Well, I don't know, and I wouldn't ask an SEC umpire because they would tell you the wrong answer there because they've been atrocious. But you, so know, you, know, I, you know what I'm saying? Normally yeah. No, I see what you're saying, but I'm pretty sure. Now. Your toenail, if your toenail inside the fence and you catch it, it's a legal catch. So let's just say, let's just say he does catch that ball. Are you going to be the umpire that says like, nope, not a catch? Because <laughs> he went depends, depends on depends on depends on the day and umpire and, and dude, that is the thing. Like, if I'm in a great mood, dude, fuck yeah, I'm giving that dude, I'm giving him the out. But if I'm like just annoyed and, and whatever. I might just be a bitch about it. I might be <laughs> like, no, 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 not a catch. No. <laughs> that's why you'll never be an umpire. Oh, just whatever mood not I'm dude, in, that's the call. Awesome, dude. Yeah. I've but, never seen anybody do that. Like, dude, dude I, and, I don't know what was running through his head. He was just like, let's, let's just dive. It was one of those like crazy scenarios where I saw the video tweeted like 37 seconds after it happened. And I was like, this is gold. Like, I'm going to retweet this so fast and then before you know it like it has two hundred thousand views because espn and barstool and all these other major media sites see it like 30 minutes later and i was like i saw that 30 seconds after it happened and i immediately knew it was gold and uh no and he had some fun on twitter about it tweeting about it but yeah cole Moore from dallas baptist deserves an sp an emmy emmy sp whatever it is for uh i feel like we've become like a, the gateway to viral videos i feel like if we put something out there, we like dig it out of the mud and give it the chance to go, give it a chance to go viral. Yeah. The best way I, I was actually explaining this to one of my friends from back home 
he's like dude how do you guys keep going viral and i was like i'm like well because most of the time people like dm us the video or tag us because they know we'll see it and like espn or barstool's main account won't see the dm so they'll, they'll tag us and then these sites like the social media managers follow us and then they see it and they tweet it from the main account and so they we are kind of like the gateway it, it, because we'll, we'll look at all the dms we'll look at or most of the dms at least we get a ton but or like we look at our mentions and they'll tag us first and then boom we tweet it out and then then it starts going viral but yeah that was a cool moment and then the other funny thing that i want to talk about before we break down each and every conference tournament today itchy burts hits a walk-off single for texas a&m corpus christi i can't believe there's a guy playing college baseball with the name itchy burts you're just not finding out about that. No, I mean we've known about it. We've talked about him on the show. Oh, you're talking. You're saying like the first time you've heard about it. No, it just it it blows my mind that somebody will name their kid Itchy Burtz, and I don't know if it's a nickname or not, but he goes by Itchy Burtz like on the roster, and every time yep. he steps to the plate, and I, I kind of forgot about him to be honest until I was watching this game because it was at like 10 a.m. and I had nothing else going on. And I see itchy bursts. I just immediately just start chuckling to myself. Like, you know, whenever something's really funny, whenever you laugh and nobody else is around, like you're not trying to like laugh with somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I was doing that with them just stepping to the plate. I was just like, I if I'm the announcer, it. if I'm the announcer, I start screaming something like, I'm feeling itchy today, boys. I'm feeling <laughs> real itchy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, what a name. What a name. And, Texas A&M Corpus Christi looked good in the Southland tournament yesterday. Boys are cooking. The the Durs, the Islanders. But yo, yo, let me ask you this. Do you think Corpus Christi should have a gif of itchy bursts like just sitting there like itching himself? Just like itching whenever himself. he does something good. Yes. I, they like, probably like, like he's got like poison ivy all over him and he's just sitting there like itching himself. <laughs> just a gif that we can just... real itchy in here. We'll just play it. We'll just tweet the GIF out every day if they have it. If not, they need to get one. Uh, something else I want to talk about before, Alec Manoa, the first 11.7 alumni, gets the call to the major leagues for the Toronto Blue Jays. For the longtime listeners, back in 2019, Alec Manoa, stud pitcher for West Virginia, just big donkey, big workhorse, throws 95-plus, gets a call. Only, only about yeah. a year in the minor yeah. leagues. Real deal. So well, technically, yeah, he had short season in 2019, no season last year, and then within freaking double eight. Yeah, I mean, and he had the stuff to advance really quickly. He was one of those guys that was a first rounder because they knew he was well developed and ready to make a. But major you know league what? His debut got rained out. I know. I saw that. Of course it does. So of course, still so no anyway, eleven. Man. So here's the question: Who's the, who's going to be the next guy from eleven point seven interview? to make it to the major leagues. I know like Ryan Garcia from UCLA is kind of pitching well in the minors. Um, I really haven't kept up with a ton. I would, I would, if I had to guess, I would think, I mean, dude, mighty Mangum. Mangum's been raking, bro. <laughs> He's been raking in double A. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't really. I, I was I, thinking I, you'd have to come. You'd have to circle. Hey, you'd have to circle back to me on that one. You have to circle back on that <laughs> okay, one. Okay, we will. Uh, and then how about you know, Tim? You, wait, wait. Do you know where that's from? Do you know what no. that's from? 
no. the second uh the press secretary jen saki uh, saki whatever she's always like uh, just we'll, we'll we'll circle back to that <laughs> like every day he'll she'll be like we'll circle back to that and it'll drive people insane but yeah it's funny yeah that, anyway, went, anyway. that went right over my head anyways yeah. tim tadlock gets a lifetime contract with texas with texas tech and you cannot convince me Texas Tech didn't open up the checkbook and say, Tim, please don't leave us for Texas A&M. Please don't leave us. Whatever it takes, here's a blank check for the rest of your life. Just please stay at Texas Tech because he's built such a good – And I think that I think that was the right program. move. Oh, 100%. I mean, dude, what he's done with that program, making them a national powerhouse, college World Series contender every year, you got to just say, look, this is our guy for a lifetime. Don't ever leave us. I mean, he – yeah, no, he – he with that lifetime contract – he could be like a Wayne Graham, but he's got to win a title. Yeah, and he will. I mean, it's not a question that he's going to win at least one title at Texas Tech. I don't know. I mean, I hope – I think he will. But, dude, it's not just like, oh, he will. It's not that easy. With the success he's had in his career, I mean, they've been to like four college Can you believe series. Mike Martin never won a title? No, I mean, that's still – that doesn't seem like a reality to me, that he never like, won a title. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, like – it's not just like, oh, he will. It's like, I hope he does. He should. Yeah, he should. And and he will. I, I'm 100% convinced he will. But, yeah, Texas a and fires uh, – or I don't know if they fire Rob Childress or just part ways or whatever. But um, between, like, Rob Childress getting, I guess, removed from Texas A&M, he looks like a front runner to be the next Rice head coach, even though we both think Lance Berkman should get it. I don't, I'm just curious to see who Texas A&M goes after. Is it going to be Vitello? Is it going to be Osoli uh, uh, from Florida? There's a lot of like SEC head coaches. There's absolutely zero way Sully leave Florida. I don't know, man. Absolutely no way. You have the whole state of Florida, and you're the only SEC school in the state. You do that's, that job. That is a great job. You have the whole state of Texas, and it's the only no, SEC dude, school in Texas. You're you're competing with Texas. You're competing with Texas Tech. You're, you're competing, competing with, with Florida State. You're competing with Miami. You're like, but you're the only SEC school. You're the in, only like, SEC school to, in Texas too. But 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 I just think Texas and uh, Texas Tech are TCU. I mean, in TCU, like you, when you think of those schools, you think of those like baseball powerhouses in terms of like Big Twelve and national recognition. When you think of Miami, Florida State, you're the, they're the ACC. Which is still, I'm not knocking on that at all, but it's just like, if you're Sully, you've got a pretty good situation in terms of recruiting the state of Florida. I guess. I, I mean, um, he's going to have a not, good. He's leave. having a. He'll have a good recruiting situation no matter where he goes. I do think Texas Tank. I think Texas A&M is a potential. Sleeper, I've seen like a sleeper in terms of a team if they get the right person, they could explode. Right. I mean, I've seen really good. I've seen a few names floating around at Texas A&M. And one of them is Matt Deggs, who was at Sam Houston. Now he's at his alma mater with Louisiana Lafayette. Do you think Deggs would be a good fit? I think he's a top 10 coach in the country. Coach. Like all the way around recruiter. Do you think think – he carried the presence that it would need to make a dent in terms of SEC recruiting or Texas recruiting. I think Deg, like I think Deg, is a very respectable person, 
and I and I'm not I'm not saying he's not, but I'm just curious. Like, is he the kind of guy that would make waves? Like, Dex is hired as the Texas Tech. Are recruits like, oh my god, that's huge? Or are they like, that that's that's cool. Like, that's pretty dope. But you know what I mean? Uh, like a Vitello, a Vitello going to A and M would be like, oh, holy shit! Like, yeah, that's big time. Or like a if they could reel away like somebody like Gatro from or you know what I mean like somebody like with a splash. I think yeah, I, I think Zegs would be a splash. I, I really do, and it obviously depends on like how Louisiana finishes up this year. Like if they go on a run and make a regional and do some damage, then yeah, absolutely to make a big splash because like he just has that like he has that mindset. He has the the presence, and I I just, I just think he's an overall like great coach. Recruiting. I just don't want AM to go off of that postseason hype thing again, just like Matt Braga did yeah. with um with Rice and with Tennessee Rice. Tech. But but Deggs has experience in the state of Texas, yeah, with Sam Houston State. And if you go back in his career, he has the experience, I think, to do what it takes, but I just don't think Deggs would be a splash. Why, it would why? be more of a smart hire. Let's let's talk about this. And I mean, I think I know your answer, but like what would like, why would Vitello leave Tennessee with what he's built and with, like, I mean, he's loved. He's the number one coach there, like, at Tennessee. Like, people like him more than the football coach, basketball coach. Here's why Here's why Vitello would leave Tennessee. Tennessee has a ceiling, and it's only as high as Vitello can go. Do they, though? Like, just A&M. Dude, yes, 100%. Tennessee, I mean, dude, you look at, you look at Tennessee – they weren't a baseball school until Vitello was there. I mean, they were, if you want to dig way back in the archive, sure. But hey, AM is instantly like you have more resources, you have a better stadium, your attendance numbers are way higher, the support is bigger. But there's a lot of things that AM just had better resources in. Tennessee, it has a ceiling here, like wherever their ceiling is. It Vitello's reach wherever Vitello can go is where Tennessee's going to go, but it's going to be slowed down because I just don't think Tennessee has the full backing. Tennessee baseball has the full backing. Yeah, they might start. They might start getting it right now because of this unbelievable year that they've had. But if you go to A and M, you you're, the resources you have are unlimited. Hey, so um, taking a little little like ten minute break. I have to do this uh, radio show for Louisiana Tech, the ESPN Radio, for like it's like a ten or fifteen minute segment. All right. Doing good, boys. How's it going? Yeah, I mean, I was about to ask you guys that. How much sleep did you guys get? Yeah, I, I tried to stay up. I tried to stay up until about the sixth or seventh inning, but what a dominant performance there by Southern yeah. Miss. Just after hours, it was it was fun to watch. Well, and, and to you know, 
know, you talk about the Conference USA tournament. We'll start with it first. <laughs> I, I got to get your opinion on this. And I, I know you might not follow Middle Tennessee that much, but so interesting to me that Charlotte had a host spot on the line. They choose to not go with their ace in game one against Middle Tennessee, who, if you look at Aaron Brown, due to true number one in this league and can go with really any of the top starters in Middle Tennessee, takes down Charlotte to open the tournament. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. And you never know what kind of like structure and like pitching um, like routine that Charlotte goes with. Like they might like the Tuesday game might not have fallen in the routine. But yeah, the uh, the strategy of not throwing your ace game one is really coming back to bite them because now they're playing at what, 9 a.m. against FAU coming up, who's a tough team who needs to win to keep their season alive. Yeah, Charlotte, I think messed up there because Middle Tennessee State, we've seen them on Friday nights compete with everybody in the in Conference USA just because of Brown. Like, Brown's been the real deal all year. No, no doubt about it. And I, I got to ask you, so tonight, obviously, Ted gets the walk-off home run from Wells. You mentioned Southern Miss takes care of business. Uh, I think Sargent hit the grand slam to put the 10-run rule in effect in the eighth. So, Louisiana Tech, Southern Miss tonight. Is it fair to say this, and we were discussing it during the break, Perhaps the winner of this game could get that hosting spot in CUSA, especially if Charlotte fouls out early. Uh, 100%. And the way I look at it is right now, Louisiana Tech, Southern Miss, and Charlotte kind of all came in with like a 33% chance, let's just say, to host. Yeah. I think one of those three will end up hosting, and it's going to be who wins the tournament. Now, with Charlotte losing round one, they have to win like four or five games in a row. So I'm pretty much counting them out, giving them about like a 5% chance to host a regional. Now, Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss will put it each at about a 40% chance, like 40 to 45% chance. The winner of this game bumps up to about 85 because the loser has to go all the way back through the loser's bracket and then beat the winner twice in the championship. Let's just say that everything runs smoothly from there. So, yeah, this this game that's supposed to start at, what, 8.30 tonight is uh, – it'll start about 10.30, 11 o'clock more, more than likely – uh, we might be seeing some after hours, like late night conference USA baseball. And, uh, and it's going to be for a lot of stakes. Like the winner of this game is going to put themselves in a position to have a hosting regional as a one seed. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Yo. Ben, uh, turn our attentions a little bit to the SEC tournament. Uh, I guess there's been a uh, – the script has been followed to a little bit. I mean, we're seeing Florida – uh, beat Florida. They're making a run. They've, they've won two so far. And I guess the story of this tournament, even though it's kind of in their backyard, uh, what, wow, look what Alabama's done. Alabama came in with a plan, I'll tell you that. They knew they had to win at least a couple games to put themselves like pretty firmly into a regional, a regional picture. And they've done that. You know, they, they faced Florida today in the, in the winner's bracket. And Florida's been very inconsistent all year. Like, I could definitely see Alabama sneaking up and and taking this game and you know if they win if they win today or if they just win one more game in the SEC tournament like 100% lock to be in a regional I think right now the committee is going to look at them and say look they came out and the, did what they were supposed to do in the SEC tournament and uh, let's reward them but one more win I think will, will lock them in 100% in a regional another team in the SEC you mentioned Florida they beat Mississippi State yesterday 13 to 1 how concerned are we about Mississippi State I mean they got so many power arms on the mound but the last couple of weeks it just seems like we don't know what we're going to get night in and night out yeah and so losing that series to Missouri a couple weeks ago 
Um, that kind of like showed some signs that like they, they were vulnerable. And so they went like they lost three out of four SEC games going back to that South Carolina Sunday where they lose in extra innings. And I mean, they, they come back and sweep Alabama the last regular season week. But yeah, they got beat on all cylinders yesterday against Florida. I mean, a 12 run loss run ruled. Now they have to play Tennessee, who's a really good team in the losers bracket. I, I mean, I wouldn't say concerned. By, by Mississippi State because once the postseason hits like they're going to host a regional they play unbelievable at their home site at duty noble but Yo. definitely something to uh to keep an eye on the real question with Mississippi State is like are they going to be a national seed uh they need that top eight national seed to, to host a super regional more than likely and uh I think that's kind of in jeopardy right now being with his resume um in Baton Rouge for 14 years, it, it seems a little insane that, that people are talking about pulmonary, maybe this being his last year, whether he decides to resign uh, or retire, so to speak. Uh, your thoughts on that and, and uh, you know, who would really want to come in after that and try to keep it going? You, we know we've talked about Florida, Kevin O'Sullivan's got a good thing going there. I, I mean, to me, it'd be tough to, for them to to pull a, another SEC coach in there. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I don't have the gut feeling that Maneri is going to retire. I think he's going to stick it out for maybe another year or two. Um, but LSU is going to be able to write a check to whoever wants to be there and for however much money that they want. And it, whether it's O'Sullivan or Vitello or maybe even like a Rob Childress who's leaving Texas A&M, uh, or I guess who's already been fired from Texas A&M, they're going to have their, their, their crop of SEC coaches. Plus, there's some really good assistants out there from the SEC. So I, I imagine no matter what they do, they'll keep it within the SEC or at least try to. Um, but, I mean, I could also see, like, wild scenario here. Maneri maybe going to Texas A&M or Rice just for a couple years, maybe a year or two, uh, to, until they can wait and get their actual guy. Like, make a couple million dollars or, I guess, a million dollars or so um, just – filling in for until a nice younger coach comes their way. Like I think Rice and Texas A&M would both be a hundred percent down with that. How bad do you want your boys Lance Bergman to be the next head coach at Rice? I want it so bad. Like I, I would I love to see that, but I do not think it's going to end up working out because I think they would have already announced it. I think he would have said uh, like, yeah, let's do it day one. Unless they're like working out some kind of contract negotiations. Like I think, the moment Braga leaves, uh, I think they would have announced Lance Berkman. But I think what Rice is doing right now is waiting it out to see what like Rob Childress is doing, to see what Maneri is doing, to see what um, some other high mid-major programs are doing with their coaches. Because and, and you're you're a Rice guy. I, I gotta ask you. We've talked about this with a number of different jobs in the past, but like, is the Rice job is 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 it as good as it's maybe portrayed? on the national landscape or have other teams investing in college baseball, especially around the South really caused rice to not fall back, but the others have just called up to them. Yeah. It's not even close to what it used to be. And like rice is having a lot of like athletic department issues from what I've been told. And they're not like, I mean, they're a baseball school, right? They're not a football school, not a basketball school. They're a baseball school and they're just not providing like the resources and, the things to kind of keep up with the arms race of college baseball. Now, uh, with that being said, to become a head coach at Rice, like there's a lot of 
um, bells and whistles with. You get you get to be the head coach at a baseball school and kind of get to tell the athletic department what you want, what you need, blah, blah, blah. But they just haven't been coming through from what I've been told. Um, but sure, I mean, I think that Rice has a chance to get back to that level. They just need to compete with like Texas and Texas A&M with recruiting. Texas Tech's a big one. Even Houston, right across the street, University of Houston is a uh, kind of, I mean, they're having a down year, but have had a lot more postseason success than Rice has recently. So I don't know. I mean, they're going to try to get their guy, and I imagine they'll, they'll sign him to a big contract and, and try to keep him around. But they definitely messed up with Matt Braga, just never worked out, tried to change the program that Wayne Graham built, and it just it lost a lot of, it lost a lot of support from Rice people, I'll tell you that. Mercer and Sanford in the SoCon tonight. Who we got? I'm going with the Bears. Uh, the Bears Bears won two out of three at Sanford this year. And the one loss, Mercer was up eight to nothing and ended up blowing the game in like the seventh or eighth inning. But, yeah, Mercer's kind of had Sanford's number recently. Pretty evenly matched teams, but uh, Mercer's got a stud on the mound. Garrett Delano tonight, two-way guy. Hits cleanup, Friday night starter. Um Transfer from Brown University, so a kid that was probably not going to play college baseball this year ends up being like one of the best mid-major players in the country. And so I like the Bears tonight. I think I think the SoCon tournament's going to get really interesting though, because it's only four teams instead of eight, and it's straight regional format double elimination. So even if you lose game one, like you have a good chance to come back and through the losers bracket, uh, as long as you have like bullpen depth. All right, last question. Is there a hotter team in the country than North Carolina State? Yeah, uh, Duke, right down the road. I was, uh, no, true. <laughs> um, right. but both of those teams, Duke, North Carolina State, they've been playing really, really good baseball for like the last three or four weeks. Um, NC State was a team that started ACC one and eight, um, and kind of everybody wrote them off, and now people are looking at them as potentially like a number one seed in a regional hosting somewhere. Now they didn't get selected as like one of the 20 regional host sites, but you know, they could go up to a pit or they could go up to Charlotte. If Charlotte doesn't end up hosting and potentially host a regional there, especially if they continue their dominance in the ACC tournament. So, uh, but Duke's another team that everybody wrote off and then they won like nine straight games and destroyed Florida state yesterday. So state of North Carolina is playing pretty good baseball right now. Yeah, no doubt about it. Before we let you go, it's all your buddy. Cam Lake at the Love Shack last night. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, I don't know if he's trying to relive the glory or what, but we might need him in relief tonight. Yeah, no, uh, I didn't realize he was going to that, but uh, he was definitely tweeting at me and stuff yesterday, or at least favoriting the tweets. So, I mean, he's got college baseball fever. Uh, unbelievable guy. Super cool dude. And uh, old high school teammate of mine, middle school. We went to middle school together. And, uh, yeah, definitely say what's up to him for me if you see him today. Absolutely. Appreciate it, man. We'll talk next week. Yes, sir. Thanks, you, you guys are the best. Been up at 11. All right, Demetri. Sorry. I forgot I had to do that at 930 this morning. They're cool dudes. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Where, was, where did we leave off? All right. So coming back from a little commercial break, I had to do a radio show. Uh, great guys over in Ruston, ESPN Radio, do it every Thursday morning. Uh, just had to do that while we're recording the podcast. And, but I guess transitioning into like some, some things that happened yesterday. Let's start with this Louisiana Tech UTSA game because Louisiana Tech was up pretty much the whole game. Um, they 
playing at home conference tournament. That's a huge advantage. Love Shack was rocking a lot of fans there and UTSA is kind of giving them troubles. Um, at least in the regular season, I think they ended up splitting the series, but Louisiana tech had to hit a couple walk-off home runs to win the, or to at least push the series and UTSA hit a comeback yesterday and they ended up going, I don't know, 12 innings or so. And the game was late Southern miss and Western Kentucky were waiting around for three plus hours waiting on that game to end. But Hunter Wells hits a walk-off home run, his second home run of the game in the 12th. And Louisiana Tech stays alive, unlike Charlotte, who loses yesterday to Middle Tennessee State in the same tournament earlier that day. And so between, like, Charlotte, Southern Miss, and Louisiana Tech. Hold on, hold on. Are we just going to sleep on the Monarchs? Well, I'm talking about hosting. I don't think Old Dominion has a shot to host. I mean, if you if we're if we're okay, if we're getting into the nitty gritty of this, oh Old Dominion as of right now has the best resume of all the teams. Please explain. Took, I don't believe you. I mean, I don't have the they, numbers in front of their me. Their RPI but. is number eleven in the country. They after they took two at Louisiana Tech for the tournament, and people can say, "Oh, those games didn't matter." At the end of the day, they're games that were played, and the and the committee is going to look is going to put those into consideration. Old Dominion has the highest RPI by at least ten spots in the Conference USA. They have they're tied for the most win with thirty nine in the Conference USA. I mean, people got it like the committee. Like I don't know how much they're going to take in consideration of the RPI, but if Old Dominion runs the table in this tournament, I guarantee you. Somebody, there's going to be some craziness that's going to be involved on Selection Show Monday. Old and Dominion. So I'm, I'm actually glad you brought that up because I was completely blind to all of that. Now, Old Dominion sets themselves up pretty good for this Conference USA tournament because they beat FAU yesterday. They waxed them 11 to 2. And then they play Middle Tennessee State, who has a really good Friday starter. We just talked about it on the radio show. And they actually. drop off the table after and that. And then they drop off the table. So meanwhile, Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss have to play each other tonight at 8.30. And the winner of that game will play the winner of Old Dominion, Middle Tennessee State. But yeah, I mean, in a double elimination format and you know, coming through a loser's bracket is tough. So the oh, loser, loser of the loser of Southern Miss and Louisiana Tech tonight, you can pretty much write them out. You can pretty much write um charlotte out who lost game one old dominion if they run the table and then win a game against the winner tonight put themselves in the championship game well they don't play each other they're on up they don't face each other till the championship oh is that the way the bracket is structured so old dominion will play the old dominion wins tonight they're going to play the winner of middle tennessee state and the winner of fau and charlotte so let's just say charlotte beats fau tonight they'll play middle tennessee um, and then tomorrow. Charlotte has to beat. Let's just say Charlotte has to beat Old Dominion twice. Yeah, yeah. Then you have to beat, game. Yeah, yeah. You have to beat him twice to get to a winner-take-all championship. And if Charlotte, let's just say Old Dominion wins tonight, and they're two and zero, and then let's say they they win the semifinal game and they're in the championship, and it's going to only be their fourth game of the week. You look at the other side. Whoever's coming through is probably going to be playing game four, game five, and then it's going to be their sixth game potentially of the week. And if Old Dominion wins the Conference USA tournament, they're the highest seed in the Conference USA. I think I think you've got to give them a one seed somewhere. That's not a bad not a bad take there. I, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I was blind to the fact that Old Dominion 
kind of turn things around. I mean, ever since they lost that series or they pushed the series against UTSA um, and they kind of been, I don't know, like they've, they've been playing pretty good ball, I guess, like really good baseball, actually. I'm looking at their, their schedule. I mean, they lost three out of four to Charlotte the first time they played, but then they came and back. Then they and won three out of four. Then they won three out of four. So think about this. So think about it. They're four and four against Charlotte. They're two and zero oh against Louisiana Tech. They're six and four against the top two teams. And I mean, dude, I, I hear here the here's the scenario for you. Hear me out here. Let's say the committee gives Charlotte a regional spot. NC State, they, and by the way. I don't know if you saw me talk about this. I tweeted it out. Miami has a better resume overall on the season than than NC State. They took two out of three against NC State head-to-head. They have more quad one wins. They have a higher RPI, and they have more one more conference win. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, if Miami gets into the quarterfinal and then let's just say they, you know, make the ACC championship, I think Miami's got to be a one seed over, over NC State. And then now you're looking at, like, holy shit, how many regionals are we going to have with a one seed not being the host? And I think Old Dominion can play themselves right into that scenario in the next couple of days. Yeah, I think when the committee wrote off Old Dominion <laughs> as a potential host out of that top 28, so did I. Like, I just kind of said, okay, they'll probably won't, they're not going to host, um, which, I mean, they're not going to host at their home site. But, yeah, I mean, no, I can no, see them no, being a won't. one seed now. I mean, looking at the resume – and if they run the table in the Conference USA tournament, sure. Like, make them a one seed. They deserve it more than, you know, pretty much anybody else. But, yeah, I think going back to your point of I think we're going to have a lot – not a lot, but a few one seeds not I say posted. two or three. I, yeah. I say two – I say three is the stretch. One is probably the most believable. But I think we're going to end up sitting somewhere around two teams hosting at, a, at, a, at a, another site. Yeah. I, and so. which – that's going to add an extra twist in the post postseason. It and is. I think, and I think the committee needs to make sure they don't screw this up because Old Dominion they run the table and win the conference USA tournament, and then you ignore the recency bias of Old Dominion, basically saying, "Well, you got to look at the regular season. You better hold, keep that same energy for NC State because NC State is the whole recency bias. Yes, they're hot. Yes, they've turned their their record around. They look like a, a good team all year. But Miami fits that category of total season success. So if you want to give Charlotte a one seed at home, you've got to give Miami a one seed somewhere. But if you if you give Old Dominion a one seed but not Miami, you're you're contradicting yourself. So there's a lot of tangibles that I'm looking at that are going to piss people off and it's just going to be hypocritical. Yeah. No matter what happens, it's going to piss somebody off just because I think resume wise, a lot 100%. of them are, are very similar. So, All right, Ben, let me ask you this. If you're a committee, do you, what do you, let's just say you're at 50, 50 full season resume and last month resume, which one do you carry a little more weight? Um, me personally, I, I like recency bias. I think teams that are playing the best deserve to be one seeds just I don't know. Not even one seed. One seed, better treatment. I think the teams that are playing better right now versus what they did in the beginning of the season. Because at the end of the day, you want the top 16 teams. Like, who's – you want the top 16 teams all playing their best. So, so you're basically saying – Because if, not, the, if not, then you're, you're putting a two seed – you're putting a team as a two seed in a regional who's playing the best baseball. You kind of screw over the one seed. So you might as well just put them as a one seed. 
Okay. Okay. Fair enough point. So you're saying just forget about the month of February. Yeah. Why not? But that, but then that now we're saying those games don't matter. They don't matter as much as like conference games, I would say. But, but okay. Okay. First two weeks of conference play in March or April, whatever. I think, I think you've got to pick, you can't, I feel like you've got to make sure teams understand that the beginning of the season matters because Yes, recently bias is important because you want to you want the best product on the field in regional. Just because a team was dominant in February and March, they might not be as dominant now as it compared to a team that's really hot now. I get that. You want to put the best product on the field in terms of regional, but you've got to reward teams that were most consistent all 56 games. Well, this year 58, 50, or 52 or 48, whatever the case may be. You've got to reward teams that are consistent from day one. Well, if you're saying consistency, then NC State and Miami don't need to be in the in the picture at all. They've been super inconsistent. But but uh, we're talking about over over the course of the whole season rather than week five versus week eight. You see what I'm saying? Like Miami, yeah. Miami was never one in eight in HCC play, but they were also never twelve and zero. They were just kind of middle of the pack at the end of the day. If they if they replay their game against Wake Forest and win, they're Coastal Division champ, and there are no doubt about it. Host potential host, you see what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. like, like there's a lot of different pictures you can look at. But I don't want to get I don't want to spend an hour on that, even though uh, I could. I know you could. Um, You're getting fired up right now. You should be given a fair cut. Yeah. Old Dominion, you better give them a damn fair cut of the cage. So what you're saying is whoever wins the Conference USA tournament deserves a one seed, whether it's they're hosting at their own place or hosting somewhere else. If the logistics work out, yes. Because you're looking at three, and then the and then Southern Miss is probably like 26, 25. I don't remember exactly their ranking. But you're looking at four potential top 25 teams. If we're going to take the recency bias route, you've got to give the team the Conference USA champion yeah, a, a, if you can, a one seed. Now, if you got to send Old Dominion to Don Zaget to host there as a one seed, that's a little bit. That's probably not as believable. But you get my point. I got your point. So now that we have you all fired up, let's talk about this ACC tournament structure because it is embarrassing and it's stupid, and I hate it because you get meaningless games being played where no matter what the outcome is, it's the last game of the season for two teams and. I mean, it's stupid. It's so freaking stupid. I mean, like today, for example, for example, today, a meaningful game, Miami and Duke, the winner of that game, wins the D pool and they're into the semifinal. And the, for those of you that don't understand why, the way the AC tournament structured it is that there's a tie. And because you have three teams, you're going to have three-way tie. You can't have a two-way tie. Yeah, it's, Actually, it's, it's, it's only No, you three. can't. You can't have a two-way tie. You can have a three-way tie. And so it goes by seeding. So Miami was the highest seed in Pool D. Because Duke beat Florida State, that takes out the middle seed. So now Miami and Duke play today at 11 a.m. If Miami wins, and then that Florida State-Miami game tomorrow is meaningless because it'll come down to a three-way tie where everybody is one and one Miami's the highest seed, so they're in. If Duke wins today, they're 2-0, they're in no matter what. So, 
Another example of that is uh, Georgia Tech and Clemson last night. Because Clemson lost to Louisville. It didn't matter. And then Louisville won. Yeah, so it didn't matter what happened in Georgia Tech-Clemson for Clemson. Because, yeah. Even if they won, which they did, they can't win the tiebreaker. Yeah, so Georgia Tech, let's just say Georgia Tech would have lost. They would have been. They would have been. Um, Georgia Tech did lose. One. I mean, uh, yeah. No, that's fine. That's, I'm sorry. Yeah. So Clemson is now one and one. They're out because of their seeding. Because Louisville, if they beat Georgia Tech, they're in. If Georgia Tech beats Louisville, they're in because they're the highest seed. So now the Louisville Georgia Tech game is the most. It, mean, it matters. It's basically, your play in game to the semis. Georgia Tech and Clemson, meaningless game. It didn't matter. And I do think it's stupid that the ACC is allowing for four, five, three, four, five games to just be absolutely meaningless. Yeah, no matter what the outcome is. I mean, that's what that's what you get with pool play. And pool play is so stupid. It's for like 12U travel ball. Make it make everything like single elimination, double elimination, whatever you want to do, but have every game mean something and have teams like Clemson or Pitt, you know, whose seasons are kind of on the line. Like if they don't win their games. Like, make it where if they win their games, they get to keep playing. Don't – Dude, think about this. NC State and Pitt, they play today. That game is – the winner goes moves on. The next game tomorrow for NC State in North Carolina is meaningless. If, if Pitt wins, they're in. If NC State wins, they're in because they're the highest seed. Yeah. So – and I just think the ACC should, can do better than allowing for meaningless games to happen like this. Structure where g- games matter. Yeah. And now, if you're an at-large, if you're trying to fight for a bubble, you're a bubble team trying to fight for a spot, then it's meaningful. But at the same time, it's stupid because now you're looking at the immediate small picture. It's like, well, we can't move on in the ACC tournament. In the big picture, oh, this is our last game of the year. If we win, we can kind of help our resume. If we lose, whatever. So I just think it's a stupid format. It needs to be fixed. They've been doing this for so many years. Yeah, and I'm starting to see some people on Twitter finally saying, like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. This is dumb. Like, have an elimination tournament, whatever it is, single or double elimination, get rid of this pool pick pool play crap and it like if you want to keep pool play make like run differential or something that tiebreaker not the highest seed like the highest higher seeds don't even want to play like they're they're locked into the tournament like they're regional like every single high seed the top four seeds in the acc are all making the regionals they don't want to play like they're just like all right let's maybe they do i mean they obviously want to play but no dude come on <laughs> when you put a ball a ball club on the baseball field they want to win is right. their level of motivation at an all-time high? Probably not. But they still want to win a tournament. I mean, a tournament championship is sick because you get a dog pile, you're heading into regional no matter what. Selection shows a little less stressful. I don't care if you're almost an if, – even if you're an almost basically at-large lock, winning the tournament, you're like, we're in no matter what. It's, kind of, it's just a little bit of a reassurance. Yeah. But – Anyways, um, ACC tournament, it's been, a, it's been a slugfest, to say the least. The ball is flying at Truist Field in Charlotte, 
And I think the NCAA, I have a theory, the NCAA has juiced the baseballs for this postseason because it feels like every tournament I'm watching on TV, the ball is just flying out more home runs than in the regular season. Would it surprise you if the NCAA juiced the baseballs? Um, would it surprise me? No, but at the same time, yes, because I don't think the NCAA is good enough and organized enough to put together a plan like that. And, like, actually care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, I mean, Truist Field in Charlotte, I mean, it's beautiful downtown Charlotte, great backdrop and everything. It is a small well, field. It is a small, like, it's it plays small for a wood bat. Uh, I, I forgot to say this to you. Yeah. Too bad Charlotte. I don't know what their minor league schedule is because how sick would it have been to, for Charlotte to host a regional there? Isn't that the? No, I, I don't think that's the host site. I know they, they put a host bid out for a different field other than their home field. No, it's a different one, but I don't think that one is because I think the Charlotte Knights are at home that weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually do remember reading that. But, yeah, no, that's a, dude, that's a sick. That would have been a dope regional. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I know it's new. Props to the Charlotte Knights. But, yeah, that field is small. But, yeah, the three ACC games today we've already kind of talked about. Miami Duke, Louisville, Georgia Tech, NC State Pitt. I think right, every so then while we're at it, who do you think could win that tournament? Notre um, Dame, Virginia. So Virginia and Notre Dame, the winner of that game moved on. I'm gonna say if I had to put my life on the line, I would say actually, no, it's Notre Dame, Notre Dame's already in, huh? Yeah, Notre Dame won yesterday. Because Virginia, but Oh, I closed out of the freaking bracket because Notre Dame already beat Virginia, correct? Or Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, yeah. And I think and they Virginia play Virginia tomorrow. Already beat, Virginia beat Virginia Tech too as well, right? Yeah, so if Virginia beats Notre Dame tomorrow, then they're in. So the winner of that game is in, yeah. So yeah. that's Pool A, and they're going to play the winner of Duke and Miami today. Yeah. So if we're looking at it, I mean – Virginia's hot too. People forget that. Virginia's pretty sizzling. The ACC's got a lot of hot teams. And then you've got the winner of Georgia Tech. And, I mean, uh, yeah, Georgia Tech and Louisville versus the winner of Pitt and NC State tonight. So we've got, we're down to eight teams in the ACC. There's four teams eliminated. I'm going to, I'm going to say that. I'm going to actually pick Virginia to win it. I think they've been playing really good baseball. Uh, I think that they're going to come out knowing that they're on the bubble. So the big game tomorrow against uh, Notre Dame and like Virginia's biggest problem, like early in the season was like, they just weren't scoring runs. And like now their offense looks good and the pitching has always been there. And I'm going to take, I'm going to take Virginia because I think you're going to need good pitching in this ballpark. Uh, It's going to be hard to outslug people. Like you saw like Clemson try to outslug Louisville game one where Alex Benellis hit three homers and there was like 11 total home runs in the game. Uh, it's hard to outslug teams because, but if you have the pitching, which I think Virginia does, I wouldn't be surprised to see Virginia take this tournament. That was that's a good good play, good play. And I think they're going to yeah. want it more than Notre Dame tomorrow. Um, fair point. I think the it's so crowded still to pick a winner. I, I can totally see NC State winning it all, but yeah. I think I think Louisville. I think Louisville, they got their 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 asses on the line, dude. Yeah, they're on life support, making the postseason. I think they 
I think they can do it. I think Louisville might do it. Could do. What's the postseason without a damn McDonald Club? That's dude. That's what I'm saying. And so they play Georgia Tech today at three o'clock. Winner that goes on. Winner goes on. So if Louisville wins that, which they easily could, Georgia Tech got smacked around by Clemson yesterday. Now Georgia Tech's been inconsistent all year. Louisville's been terrible the last month, but we saw Louisville put up 15 runs on seven home runs yesterday. If, yeah, if they can hit early, it's, it's over. Yeah, they can bury Georgia Tech early. I like that Louisville pick. So, um, but yeah, the ACC tournament structure is terrible. It makes me so mad. But yeah, anyways, let's move on. I don't let's want to move on any more airtime. Yeah, let's let's wrap up the show here with uh, all the SEC action that's been going on. So yesterday, Tim Elko, the captain torn ACL and all hits two home runs and puts Ole Miss in a very good position to win the game against Vanderbilt. Uh, Christian Little was lights out 97 miles an hour. He actually left the game in like the sixth or seventh inning with only like 70 pitches. Yeah, what was that about? The, I saw Kendall could Rogers tweet. Kendall Rogers tweeted that it was just, weird? yeah, it was just like uh, cramps and spasms. So everything was fine. They just took him out of the game. Tim Elko though, I mean, I can't say enough about this guy. Just a complete warrior. Torn, tore his ACL like on April 5th, and now he's hitting like DH and hitting cleanup for Ole Miss still and hit two home runs yesterday. Three-run bomb, oppo, and then go-ahead home run that was in like the eighth inning. He's but got effortless power, dude. Effortless power. Effortless power. Yeah, and but Isaiah Thomas sends – or Vandy scores two in the bottom of the ninth to win 5-4. Isaiah Thomas with a walk-off – or, sorry, game-tying single. Um, and Dominic – I always forget his first name. Keegan – or Dominic Keegan. Sorry, Dominic I always get Keegan. them mixed. I, dude, I always get that name backwards. I always think it's Keegan Dominic, but it's Dominic Keegan. And I know better, but it just sounds better the way I think it is. But Keegan hits the walk-off. Vandy wins. They advance. and But, like, that's not even the biggest story in the SEC. The biggest story, in my opinion – and I think a lot of people would agree is the ending to the Tennessee and Alabama game yesterday. What a disaster because Tennessee walked it off, celebrated first and third, one out ground ball up the middle, try to turn to guy beats the throw, boom, walk off. They're ripping the guy's Jersey off in right field. And then they go to review and the guy who slid, I don't remember if it was Lipschitz or whatever his name is. Uh, it might've been Ferguson. I think it's actually Max Ferguson slides, slides in the second and his hands are up. Like they teach you how to slide and his hand punched basically the second baseman in the nuts. <laughs> and <laughs> they called interference, slide interference. Alabama come, goes on and wins the game in extras. I don't know how much you saw of that game, Dimitri, because I know it was while you were doing stuff in Italy, but did you at least see the slide? Do you think it was, do you think it was the right call? I mean, based on the video that I saw, it, it doesn't matter what the intent was. It's what the umpires see. If they see you move your hand and make contact with the runner like that, they're, it's just you're, you, have, you can't defend yourself. It's, it's a bang-bang call. They see your hand go up and hit the dude in the PP. We got to call them for it. You got to call interference for it. Did he do it on purpose? It doesn't matter. It's what did his hand hit the guy's dick. My thing if, is yeah, the, the second baseman was in the lane to slide, right? Like he was standing right in the lane at second base and it looked like the runner tried to avoid him really by sliding on the inside part of the base. 
And like the second baseman went right into him, it looked like. And yeah, that's, but, that's where the contact was made. Yeah, but you know how it is. Video doesn't lie. If the guy hit the guy in the private area, <laughs> you can't, as an umpire, you can't say, oh, he didn't mean to. No, dude, he hit him there. It hurt. It doesn't feel good. It's interfering. Yeah, the, the umpires did the right thing because that is the correct call. So if anything, like there needs to be a rule change. Uh, but yeah, no, good for Alabama, though. Alabama needed a couple wins in this tournament to to lock in a regional side. I swear that happens every time. When a team thinks they've won the game, the other team wins every time. A thousand percent. And now, I swear. Yeah, and now Tennessee has to go play an elimination game against Mississippi State this morning. They're actually about to start here in about 20 minutes. But, dude, how about Mississippi State yesterday just laying a fat goose egg and Florida just knocking them around on all cylinders – Controlling the game from first pitch. Let me ask you this. Mississippi State looked dead. Let me ask you this. Mississippi State and Florida didn't play all year, right? This was right. the first time they played this year. Can you put weight into this game and say, hey, Florida's probably the better team? Or is it more of just a ah, wrong time, wrong place? I mean, it's it's if they played this game in March, I think Mississippi State sweeps them almost. At least wins two out of three. But in May, Florida's been hot. Mississippi State's been kind of cold. And Florida hasn't been hot. They got swept at Arkansas. That's true. Well, I mean, but that's Arkansas. Like, I mean, Arkansas they, is the best they, team in the country. You can't say a team is hot. If a team gets swept, you can't say they're hot. You can <laughs> yeah, say they're bad. playing well lately, that's but you can't bad. say they're hot. That's my bad. The, Florida has more intent with their games than what we saw earlier early in the season. Like they actually look like they're trying now. And I don't know, like I think Mississippi state like definitely has to look like themselves in the mirror and say like, are we capable of making a deep postseason run? We have the bullpen pieces, but is the lineup going to be able to hit? Uh, are, we gonna, crazy. are we going to be able crazy. to trust anybody else besides Landon Sims? And like, do we hey, have a good starting rotation? I was getting ready to say something. Listen, so you know how everyone's like, oh, the cops, the cops, the cops. Like, he's so everybody knows who Kevin Cops is now, right? Yeah. Landon Sims has better stuff than Kevin Cops. Like, better stuff out of his hand as a pitcher. I think Mississippi State was way too timid, way too – they held him back too much. Like, Landon Sims didn't get a chance to be a, a, a household name. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he – yeah, but look, if Mississippi State Dominate. won every if Mississippi State won every SEC series and were the number one team in the nation, I, I think people would. I mean, people know who Landon Sims is. Let's not get that wrong. Like, no, but but dude, a lot of people don't know who he is, and it's a shame because Mississippi State didn't. They barely used him, and I mean, and they used him. Remember, wrong, they like, used him in some weird situations, like Saturday against South Carolina, up like seven to two in the eighth and ninth inning. Uh, and then they lose the then they lose the Sunday game because he's unavailable. The, I think the biggest difference is you're right. Like Arkansas and, uh, and Van Horn are not afraid to throw cops out there seven innings a weekend out of the bullpen, and Landon Sims gets like three to four at the max. No, yeah. dude, it's not even that. It's max three innings, two three innings. He's done for the weekend, even if you throw them Friday night. And okay, cool. I give. Lamone credit for I'm sure he wants to use Landon Sim. I'm sure he would love to throw him on Sunday after a Friday outing. But like now Mississippi State, do I think they're a national seed? Yeah. But is there a chance they could, you know, maybe lose it? 
possibly, very possible, slim chance. I mean, if I think they're in, me I think they're in real trouble if they lose to Tennessee and go two and barbecue. Maybe, maybe. I think term. I think they're okay, but hey, it's very possible. It's not something I would just ignore in terms of losing now. Then you're sitting there like, what the what the hell, Lamona? We just lost a national seed because you tried to hold back uh, Landon Sims too much during the year, and everyone's looking at Arkansas like, wow, wow, that's a really good team. Now here's here's a scenario for you. Now, if you're Mississippi State, would you rather be an eight seed national seed, or would you rather be like a ten seed and not a national seed? Because the eight seed is going to have to match up with the one seed in the super regional, right? No, 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 sorry, in the first round of the college world series. Sorry, Um, first round of the college world series. Like, no, 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 no. Ben, stop, stop. I'm going to stop you right there before you say anything (laughs) stupid. You never give up a national seed. Are you kidding me? A home region, a home super? You never give that up. Stop, 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 stop. I'm out just helping trying, you here. I, I didn't even believe what I was saying, but I was trying to twist it a little wow. bit. <laughs> wow. You just said you would give up a super regional. In my head, for some reason, I was thinking the eight seed played the one seed in a super regional. And then as I was saying, I was like, uh-oh, how can I twist this? Because that is not correct. <laughs> but, eight, eight, eight and nine play each other. Yes, yes. And you're right. You never want to give up. You never want to give up a super regional at home, like no. controlling your own destiny. I mean, imagine if you're a nine seed, you're one spot away from having a home super. Now you got to go play the super on the road. Yeah, at let's say duty. That's road. why Mississippi State. That's why I'm saying they should be concerned, but not overly concerned. Yeah, I think they're fine. But if they if they're if they're right on that window and they lose, if they're a nine seed, that's 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 tough. But dude. Don't, 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 if Lamona throws Landon Sims Friday night to win and then expect him to come back Sunday <coughs> and he hasn't been doing it all year, don't get mad when Landon Sims isn't the same. I think he'll be fine, but don't ask this. This is why teams do this. It pisses me off. They're going to ask Landon Sims to carry them on a Friday and a Sunday in a regional. And he hasn't and done it all year. He's not going to be used to it. He hasn't been doing it very much. Kevin Cobb, just another day in the office. He said, Coach, I'm good. Whenever you need me. And, like, there, there's oh, obviously oh. another another thing, Dimitri, though, that we haven't considered between those two, and I don't want to spend too much time on it, but, like, Landon Sims is also considered a freshman, right? Like, he's a super freshman, they call it. And, like, Kevin yeah, Cops is, like, a senior. So, like, the age difference. No, they, dude, you, can, you, can, might, you might as well consider Landon Sims a junior right now. Right. No, I mean, he's draft eligible, I believe, or maybe not. But. No, but I mean, in terms of experience and in terms, like, yes, this is his redshirt sophomore year or redshirt freshman season. So he would be a sophomore, but we're so deep into the season. He's basically no, a junior. I know. But what I'm saying is like Mississippi State might say like, hey, we, we're, we might have him next year as well. Uh, and Kevin Copps is gone after this year. Like he's going to be done. He's going to be in pro ball. Maybe that's like the, the pitch count kind of thing and the innings limits, as we could say. No, I think it's Lamonis getting too cute with <laughs> protecting well, Landis. Lamonis needs to fix something with his offense because Mississippi State couldn't hit anything yesterday. Couldn't hit with runners in scoring position. Anyway, but, so yeah, Florida Florida and Alabama. If Alabama wins this game, I think you got to put them in the postseason. Well, um, I think I think Alabama just has to win one more game. Whether even if they lose to Florida today and they and they take uh, they're, they're twelve and seventeen, the SEC they've got to win one. And if if I'm if I'm Alabama, I win. I you if you beat Florida, you're good because then you can split your next two games. You can yeah. lose, you can lose the next one and then win one more or whatever. But 
Georgia. I think Georgia, they have to be. They Ole have Miss to win. It's a must win, can't win. lose scenario against Ole Miss. If they lose, they might be out. They might be done. Their season yeah. might be over. Dude, they let's let's talk about the nightcap. I mean, we get Arkansas who slaughtered, absolutely slaughtered Georgia yesterday. Um, Lyle Lockhart had a no hitter going through six innings. Uh, he ended up going seven, and yeah, I mean Arkansas won eleven to two, and the only. I guess news out of that game is like Brady Slavens twisted his ankle and looked like he was in some pain. He's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. fine. Yeah. He won't play it. I don't think the rest of the SEC tournament, they'll rest him up, but he'll be ready for the regionals. But what we get is we get a little Wicklander, a little Wick nasty versus Kumar rocker tonight at 9 PM. Sign me up. That's going to be fun. And this is the first time these two teams have played against each other all year. And we get Friday night guy versus Friday night guy. And I think, I, I think that, I think that, I think that's a phenomenal match. This is a game that both teams are really going to care about because they know this is going to be potentially a college world series matchup. Like they want to have that edge. Vanderbilt would love to be a two or three national seed. And Ben right now, today, right now, are you putting LSU in this postseason? Right now, yes. I think they're like a last four team in scenario. But if people start stealing automatic qualifiers, like if a turn, you know, if there's an at large team, I don't know. I, I think they're on the bubble. I think they're first four in. I think they did enough. So you think they deserve to be in? Yeah. I think a hell to the no, absolutely not. LSU does not deserve to be in. But, but there's a lot of recency bias with that for me. Again, we go back to like the whole the whole debate of like, are you looking at the whole season or like really weighing heavily on the last month of the season? Neither one helps their case. I mean, they've been, they've been playing much better baseball over the last month than they were in the first month. Not really. It's been the same thing all year. They get one win. They haven't lost it. They haven't won an FTC series since fucking Auburn. And that was four <laughs> weeks ago. Like, they get one win every weekend, which is fine. Congratulations. That's literally like, hey, participation trophy. You showed up and won one, but you didn't win the series. Yes, I get the SEC is the best conference in the country. I get, I think 500 of the SEC is incredible. I think that is really hard to do. But LSU is 13 and 12 and 17, or 13 and 17 in the SEC. They lost the home series to Oral Roberts. They, ben, they have two series wins all year against regional teams. Two. Yeah. Like, like I mean, they really care. hurt like, their chance. They, I mean, you're right. They really hurt their chances losing the first game in the SEC tournament. They needed kind of like an Alabama run where, like, win a game, win, win a couple hey, games. Hey, show, show, show us. Hey, we're actually pretty good. Yeah. But if you look at it, dude, the, you're a big RPI guy. I'm not, but they're 27 in the RPI. Yeah. But, yeah. But you RPI, can't, Dimitri, you, Dimitri, have, you can't be the guy that listen, uses RPI. Listen. <laughs> When you have a high RPI and you're five games under 500, I don't care what your RPI is. They're not. They're That's 12 games over five. They're that. 12 games over 500. In the SEC, look at their, 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 bro, their conference schedule with cheeks. It was booty out of conference. I mean, yes, they smacked around Louisiana Tech, which is, if, if anything, going to help them get in. Because other than that, what do they have out of conference? So what LSU? Let's let's talk about this for a little bit because we have some time here. 
What LSU needs is Louisiana Tech to win the conference tournament and host a regional because that'll boost their resume because they beat them twice by like eight runs. And, you know, they also need uh, – I'm looking through their schedule. No, they need Fairfield to win their tournament. They need Liberty to win the Atlantic Sun. They now, need – Now, LSU did LSU did beat Ole Miss two out of three at Ole Miss. So, it, Ole Miss plays well. Like, that helps their case. But that was also at a time where Ole Miss was reeling. Yeah. So, I and mean – Wait, sure. wait, wait, wait. Dude, don't tell me LSU hasn't won a conference series – since Auburn, they've won the last three conference series. You ding dong, they dude. They won the Texas A&M series, and they won the Alabama series, and they won the Auburn series two out of three. Like, and they won a game against Arkansas. So, like, since May, they have some good wins. Texas A&M and who? Te- Texas A&M, Texas Alabama, A&M Auburn. Even, Texas A&M not even in the SEC tournament. So, who cared about that series? But you told me they haven't won a. Weekend series. Okay, I meant to say they haven't lost. I meant to say they haven't lost an SEC. They've only lost one SEC series since Ole Miss. They won two out of three at Ole Miss. Then they lost two out of three at Arkansas. They won two out of three against Auburn. They won two out of three against Alabama. They won two out of three against Texas A&M. LSU is in the dude. I would be shocked if they were not in the regionals. Okay, but listen, I meant to say meaningful SEC series because Auburn and Texas A&M didn't even make Hoover. They didn't even make Hoover. Who? I don't like they took two out of Auburn, three. They didn't even Auburn sleep. made Hoover. What are you talking about? Missouri didn't. Yeah, make. they did. Okay, okay, they did. I'm. I, I, You're I'm just totally such an LSU totally. hater. Such an LSU hater. No, I'm not an LSU hater. I love LSU. I love when LSU is good. But you cannot tell me LSU. I mean, dude, you cannot tell me they're a good team. I think the committee would I take think they're it. better than I think they're better than Fairfield. I think they're better than a lot of teams who are probably gonna get at large. It's like a Northeastern. They need Liberty to win their conference tournament. They need Fairfield to come back and win that tournament. Like, I mean, I get it, but I, I think LSU is better than most of those teams. But I I just don't see them deserving as a as a as a postseason team. Well, Auburn barely Auburn barely got in. They didn't even sweep AM or Auburn. You've got to sweep somebody. You've got to show that you're good. Uh, now you have to say, people. all right, well, then like Arkansas should have swept LSU then, if, if that's your point. <laughs> well, when you win every series, you're the, the year, one that really always matter. says, you're the one that always says just win, like weekend series wins are all that matter. Like they, win they, two they are all that matters, but I'm talking about LSU's resume. Ben, where, tell, give me a time where they, you've like, damn, they're really good. No, I mean, Not never really. this year. There's, never this year. I mean, I mean, dude, we can go back and forth about this, but I just, I just think, okay, if 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 we're on Sunday or if we're on Monday and we're just like, holy shit, we need to fill sixty-four teams and we're just struggling, that's when you put LSU in. But if you're sitting there saying, oh, well, we've got these teams, but like, do we put LSU in over them? Probably not. You see what I'm saying? If we need to fill sixty-four, because the bubble is kind of weak this year. Yeah, so I mean that's my that's my point. I just don't think LSU is deserving of a guaranteed the, at large. The thing with LSU, so I put LSU, Georgia, and Alabama all in the same picture, right? And I think LSU is actually going to be behind Georgia and Alabama because Georgia beat them head to head first round of the SEC tournament, and Alabama's won two games and potentially could win a third or fourth. So we'll see. We'll see. I just think – I mean, I think LSU's in. If I had to put my life on the line, i say yes there. 
Um, if I, okay, if I had to put my life on the line, I think LSU would in as well. But do I think they deserve it? No. That's okay. my that's that's my stance on that. Okay, and then uh, I completely forgot about the Big Twelve. So let's run through the Big Twelve tournament. The Big Twelve tournament's weird because like Texas Tech was hitting bombs at like nine a.m. and it was stupid. Um, and Texas Tech looks pretty much unbeatable right now. I, I know they've kind of fluttered off a little bit, but just like they lost that Friday against Kansas. They lost the Friday against Oklahoma, but yesterday winning 11 to four against Baylor. I mean, the bats were hot hey. and it's the same thing every year in May, June, Texas tech just somehow boosts their attributes on hitting and, and they just barrel everything up. They're a scary team in the postseason, playing for a national seed, but hey, like, the- if, yeah, if Texas tech beats TCU, I think it's today, right? Yeah. Yeah, if they beat TCU today, I think they're putting themselves in a great spot to be an LR, or a top eight national seed. Yeah, and TCU, on the other hand, speaking of TCU, they were down 4 nothing against our boy Jordan Wicks yesterday and come back and win on a walk-off. And so they avoided a big upset with Kansas State and kind of lucked out. There was a couple blue pits that they got in the 10th inning or 9th inning, whenever it was, and, and walked off Kansas State. But, yeah, that, that sets up a big matchup today. 5 p.m., Texas Tech, TCU. And I think the winner locks up a, a regional spot, like a top eight national seed, because I think they're both pretty even keel um, as far as like resume versus head-to-head versus recency bias. But I think, but I think if Texas Tech win, because Texas Tech took the series against TCU, correct? Correct. Yeah, if that, that just shows that they were clearly the better team. Yeah, if they I mean, win three out of four at that again. time, at that time. But if you look through the whole course of the season, like you said, yeah, 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 I know. But if you're if you're if you're looking for your number eight national seed, you're picking between TCU and Texas Tech. You say, well, Texas Tech took three out of four against TCU. I, I don't know, man, because TCU was three if games Tech better wins today. TCU if still, Texas Tech wins today. Yes, no. If Texas Tech wins today, but look, so this is the big matchup because the other side of the winners bracket is Oklahoma State and West Virginia. Isn't that and wild? Isn't that crazy that Ty Madden loses a game to West Virginia? And dude, if you look at that game, Oklahoma State West Virginia, it sets up Oklahoma State to to make a. I mean, I feel like every year they're they're winning this Big Twelve tournament i don't even know if that's factual or not but i just like every time i think a big 12 tournament i think oh yeah like oklahoma state plays super well in this tournament and so if oklahoma state can win tonight and face the winner of tcu texas tech i mean oklahoma state's going to be a scary two seed wherever they go wait no 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 oklahoma state plays the winner of game 11 if they win they'll Uh, play they'll play the winner of west virginia texas and oklahoma this, this bracket oh, is I, I need to – dude, that's my fault. I just came unprepared. I just figured everything's a double elimination bracket, but you're right. No, it's the, it is a double elimination, but each side is, doesn't meet until the championship. That's stupid. That's not stupid. I, I kind of like it because then you just kind of – but at the same time, you play the same team 100 times. Yeah, that's stupid. I think it's stupid. I like the straight-up double elimination, but I don't know. It's a double We're, elimination. It's just two sides. I know. I said, but then the championship game, single elimination. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but Texas loses. I mean, who are who would have ever thought West Virginia was going to beat Ty Madden on a Tuesday or Wednesday? Not me. Now Texas plays elimination game against Oklahoma. I I, I have no idea. But did Ty Madden start? 
Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah. And Baylor's on the bubble too. Like Baylor is playing an elimination game against Kansas State right now as we speak, and it's top second bases yeah. loaded two outs. Baylor loses this game. They're on the bubble as they're well. Sweating. They're what? They're sweating. Yeah, they're sweating. Because if you put up Baylor versus LSU's resumes, 11 and 13 in Big 12 play, minus two losses. So 11 and 15 in Big 12 play. They go two in barbecue in the, uh, in the Big 12 I would tournament. Ta- I, let me tell you that I would take LSU over Baylor. A thousand percent. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on as well. Um, so we'll see. But I think I think if you're those teams, you need Liberty to win. You need Fairfield to win. You need like there's a lot of teams. You you need Southern. You, I mean, you better hope one of those top four teams, Conference USA, wins that tournament. Right. Because if Old Dominion doesn't win, Louisiana Tech, well, Southern Miss. Think Charlotte. about this: the American Conference tournament. I mean, there's only two locks, in my opinion, for American teams to make the the postseason. That's East Carolina and Tulane. And East Carolina loses game one and have to go all the way through the losers bracket. I think Tulane's probably a lock. I think Tulane's probably a lock. No, dude. Tulane, I mean, okay, this goes back to the whole RPI thing. How much the committee? But Tulane is not a lock. I don't even think they're in. They're a 78 RPI. 29 and 22 overall, two and eight against quad one team. They're not in. Yeah, absolutely not. Not even close. They have to win the tournament to get in. No, they don't, dude. The American Conference is getting more than one team in. Ben, they're two and eight against quad one team. I don't. I don't Tulane have to win the tournament to get in. No, no, they don't. I think two lanes in. But no, not. But basically what, what's going on is the American tournament, I believe. Yeah, there's only two games today. It's UCF and Memphis and then Tulane at South Florida or against South Florida. And there's probably going to be a stolen yep. bid out of, that, out of that tournament. Stolen bid tournament because East Carolina losing was not good for other people. So hold on, let me tell you something. I'm stable, whatever. I'm on my phone. I'm gonna look at the Baseball America thing. Let me tell you if two if they have Tulane in. Yep, Tulane is not even in. Tulane is out. Upstate at the last first four. Oh, that's another conference oh, tournament. Is, that's another conference tournament. That's big. Mercer, Mercer, Mer- they have Mercer. On the fence, other than at large, other than at large, they've got them about happening. fifteen out. That ain't happening. In Iowa and Big. No, I don't. I don't think so. But yo, Tulane even close to being in. They have to win the tournament. <sighs> we'll see. I think. What you do you just... mean we'll see, dude? I'm telling you. I think Tulane can get in as an at large if they don't win the American nope, tournament. Nope. Nope. Twitter followers, please tweet at us what you think about this. This is a debate. This is a good one. Is Tulane? I don't think Tulane is even close to getting in unless they win the tournament. Ben thinks they're on the fence for an at-large. They're one of the top five or six out, in or out. I don't know which. I think, I think them and LSU are both like last five in. Tulane is not even close as, to LSU. As of right now. As of right now. Tulane is not even close You're to LSU. You're just so anti-Southern Louisiana schools. 
Oh, please. Oh, please. I'm, I'm not anti anything. I'm just looking at facts. I'm looking at facts. Tulane, two and eight against quad one. They're 29 and 22 overall. They are not even close to getting in. Please, thank you. Goodbye. Debate over. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that wraps up the show there. We'll see. But a lot of college baseball action this weekend. We'll be killing it on Twitter. And uh, we'll be back Sunday night, maybe Monday morning for a little selection show show podcast. Yes, we will. Um, we'll try I to get think- a good guest on as well. We'll get, a, we'll get a big name brand guy, someone that knows yep. what's talking about. But yeah, follow us on Twitter. We'll be tweeting out all the action, all of our hot takes, and we'll see if LSU and Tulane get in. I think they're in. Dimitri thinks they're out. But I think LSU is in. I don't think they deserve to be in, but I think they're in. Tulane is not even close, dude. Go mix in the water. <laughs> Let's end on that. All right, <laughs> we're done for this show. I'm gonna go mix in the water.